I think that life takes a lot of courage right now to show up in our authentic selves, our hearts open, our breathing not shallow but deep and full. It takes so much courage because there's so much meanness out there right now and it's celebrated and the meanness is getting elected and the meanness is running the province and the countries and the world and I think I just think we're exhausted I know I'm kind of exhausted and you know I just had this coffee date with my warrior friend and three hours went by and I don't even know how it went by but I kept on saying to myself just get present just be there and listen and feel and and in that feeling feel I know that sounds redundant, but do you know what I mean? Where you have an emotion and you're spinning as the emotions piggyback on each other. And there's a lack of presence to it because it's overwhelming. Because it is overwhelming now in the world. And so I just kept saying to myself, get present, get here. Are you okay? And that's the courage. That's the peace about just landing. Who in their right mind can get present to climate change and to the warnings that are coming up now every day, every hour, every minute who can get present to that I look at the generation you know, kind of millennial and then the next one and you know, there's so much vata wind in them they're kind of long-limbed and really long spines and they're very etheric and texting and you know, not a lot of contact, lots of air and balance, the chatter. And I think, well, of course, like, of course they are, because there's such an impermanence. And who can get present, right? Because air isn't really present, it's subtle, it's mobile. But if I can drop my breath down, If I can remember that my ribs and my lungs and my thorax, my whole torso actually, including my belly, including my spine, that all of that is meant to function like an accordion, like a squeeze box, then I find I'm able to shift down and to see the abundance of this moment the 
the abundance of sensations to be felt in any and every given moment. I land and in the impermanence is the idea that we better be here now. That this moment is so very, very sacred. Show up on purpose. There is an unapologetic command to do your work. And so then we think, well, what's my work, right? What is my life's work? Well, it's not being a yoga teacher. It's not being a hairdresser or a retail store owner. Your work is your self-care. Your work is that scanning of self. Am I okay in this emotion? Am I here? Am I processing? It's taking care of ourselves so that we have the energy to show up. So that we have the energy to serve where we are called to serve. So I love the idea in the yogic uh, philosophy of brahmacharya. And so a lot of times when I was first studying yoga, brahmacharya was defined as celibacy. But you know, that's really a limitation to it because it's not really celibacy. It's about how we use our energy. And so sure, sexuality could come into it. You know, are you kind of spending all your energy on promiscuity, right? For example, um, or why is there so much sex? What is happening there? What are you doing? But I love the idea with brahmacharya of being, how do I manage my own internal resources? So there I am with my friend on a coffee date, and I'm starting to spin a little bit because her stories are reminding me of my own stories. And how am I with that story? Have I dealt with that? It's triggering all these things in me. And because the conversation is so true and real, it's intense. So with brahmacharya, I focus on myself and I say, drop your shoulders. You do not need to have your shoulders up to be present to your friend right now. I might monitor my energy output, how much am I thinking about the response I should have versus can I just listen? Because always thinking about the response is a waste of my energy and it's certainly a waste of my friend's time. All she wants to be is heard and I can do that. And so the self-care piece in brahmacharya is really looking at the fuel that I have and how I might spend it. And then 
take that to the chaos of the world right now. So I could freak out and think about all the ways in which I need to make change in the world. And then I could be totally paralyzed. I will promise you I will not get out of bed. So Brahmacharya says to me, well, how are you? What is your greatest gift? So why would I ask my car to make toast? It's not going to do toast well. But if I continually ask my car to drive, because that's the thing it was built to do, well, it's going to do that pretty well. So what am I here to do? What is my gift in the world? So then when I ask myself that question, there's a bit of a sinking in. I can feel myself come out of that splat apart, kind of multi-armed, frantic place into this streamline. Hmm. What is my gift? Well, then I'll breathe. And and then I'll act. And my action is based on the gift that I know I have. And then how much action is right action? How much do I actually have the fuel for? Things should not be given 110%. That is an over-expenditure. That is going to put you in debt. So, you know, what if you gave something 20%? I wake up tired. Maybe it's Friday and I'm feeling a bit weary. I've given a lot this week. How might I back off? and value my own energy and my energy allowance. And if that feels, you know, frightening or if the voice has come up like, yeah, yeah but what? I, I need to do more. Right? I need to scramble, I need to serve. So-and-so needs my help. What are you avoiding? Is it the present of the moment? And what is it about this moment that is uninhabitable for you? And that unwillingness to inhabit the moment is actually quite exhausting. 
to try to continually avoid, to duck and weave. It's exhausting. And the truth is that we're all here based on a really important soul story that started at the moment of conception. At the moment of conception, there was an intention set by your soul. And this pathway was laid out. And you took your first step. And wherever you are right now, along that path is precisely where you're supposed to be. Precisely. Hands down. No ifs. No buts. It is precisely where you are supposed to be. And so we take a breath. One of those ones, inhale through your nose. And then just a really deep exhale. In our lungs sits our grief. But also in our lungs sits our courage. I love the juxtaposition of courage and grief. The courage it takes to grieve. And so we take that deeper breath to summon up our courage to grieve. Because there's a lot to grieve. If we can admit to each other the despair that we feel, we will also, alongside each other, find the hope. Because we wouldn't have despair if we didn't have hope. We wouldn't have grief if we didn't have deep wells of love. And so in our communicating, in our showing up for what could have been a half-hour coffee that turns into a three-hour coffee, we are deeply 
indisputably in our soul moments. And we are utterly in our work. Not at the office. Not even in a therapy session. In the willingness to show up. No matter what. On purpose. Purely. In a raw way. And in that place, we see ourselves. And so it takes a lot of courage to show up right now. Because you are sensitive. Because you are in love with this world. Because you are a warrior for peace. Because you are magnificent. It takes a lot of courage to show up right now. So take a deep breath. Feel your feet on the ground. A grounding cable coming down from your pelvis into the center of the earth. Even if you're driving, you just feel that cable coming down. You know, all this this winter and really for the past two years, there's been this insane amount of construction in our building, the building where we have our yoga studio. And we teach a kind of yoga where you really want to sink in and go deeply. It's not about up dog, down dog, round dog, curve dog. It's about who are you? And... What is it like to be you today? Yoga is a tool, not a... It's a vehicle, not a destination. It's a tool, not a destination. And so to have all these construction sounds around was just crazy-making. And it took so much energy to hold space so that people could rest, even as you could hear a drill coming up seemingly into the back of your head from the basement. But you know what a lot of our clients said was this was the best mindfulness practice they've ever had. To learn how to disengage from noise, 
sometimes obnoxious noise. And just really shift into their own peacemaking muscles. And that's even in restorative, where they're just lying down on bolsters and they've got blankets and eye bags, and there's nothing to avoid the noise. But they did it. And we did it. And of all the practices in 2019 and and beyond, I guess, that might be the most valuable. That even in all of the obnoxiousness of our world right now with these leaders who are so rude and cruel and short-sighted, that we still hold the course that we still summon up our courage to be sensitive to engage in the deeper conversation to show up what a practice And so inhale to your lower lungs, like widening an accordion. Exhale, soften. Draw the belly in, draw the ribs in gently, slowly. Hello, liver. Hello, stomach. Hello, digestive system, brilliant ecosystem of my body. Courageous one. You are doing such good work. And I promise you that you are in the exact place where your soul's intention wanted you to be. And I promise you that you are right on time. So can you let go of the construction noise of all the places you think you should be? All of the things that you think you should have accomplished? Let all of that be construction noise. And what I want you to focus on, where I want your brahmacharya is in where you are. All that you have come through the storms and the winds and the fires. And to see that you are magnificent. That you are magical.
you are courage. And you are exactly what the world needs. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for doing your work. Thank you for being you. Om Shanti. Namaste.